What is up, everybody? Adrian M. Gibson here. What you're about to hear is the audio version of a live author panel recorded at TBRCon 2023. TBRCon is an all-virtual sci-fi, fantasy, and horror convention that I directed and organized and was founded by David Walters of Fanfy Addict. And this year, we had the pleasure of hosting 30 author panels, which were absolutely amazing, and I highly recommend checking them out. But since so many of you listen to podcasts and prefer that over watching things on YouTube, I have published this live author panel here on the SFF Addicts podcast feed. I'll be releasing a new author panel every Friday until they run out. So until then, sit back and enjoy this week's TBRCon 2023 author panel. Enjoy. to the book blogging and booktube panel where all your all your questions about books are answered uh, my name is beth tabler and i run before we go blog and i'm the procurement editor for grimdark magazine um if everybody wants to <laughs> yeah the issue came out today <laughs> if everybody wants to introduce themselves and talk about what their what their sites are that would be great get some background uh, David, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So uh, David Walters, uh, a.k.a. Lord TBR over on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I started uh, Fanfy Addict, uh, gosh, it's been about six years ago. Um, to start on little WordPress, and now we've got nice, nice, beautiful little site uh, we've had for a little over a year. Um, also started TBRCon that we're on right now uh, two years ago, uh, which has been uh, been an awesome thing. We won a Stabby last year, which was pretty great. So uh, hopefully, hopefully more to come. But uh, just really excited to be here. And uh, Beth, thanks so much for hosting. Oh, it's my pleasure, uh, Alan. That was a cool promo. It was really cool. That was so good. <laughs> um, I'm Alan. I have a booktube channel, The Library of Alan Zandria not Alexandria. I finally got it to where YouTube will shut up and stop trying to steer people to the actual library. Like before you couldn't find it by typing in my channel name, but I think I'm finally there. Anyway, I talk about fantasy, some science fiction, but it's mostly fantasy. Um, I sometimes do book Jeopardy, which is my favorite thing to do online. Um, Jeopardy. Yeah. I love Jeopardy. I love I love trivia games. So it's a tri it's trivia about books. And uh, Bookborn down there has been on there twice, <laughs> and it gives her she can't sleep. It gives her anxiety. Um, yeah. Anyway, I see a lot of people I know in the comments. So what up? Thanks for having hey. me. Forgot to say that. Sorry, and I yelled. I'm here. Hey, hi Beth. Uh, hello everyone. My name is Mihir Wanchu. I am part of the Fantasy Book Critic crew. Um, I interview authors, review books at Fantasy Book Critic. We have been the Vina Bina blog since 2007. I've been blogging since 2009. I've been lucky enough to be a part of SPFPO, uh, judging from 2015. Uh, and I get to hang out with all these cool folks. And Alan, cool thing with the Je book Jeopardy. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, me too. I'm a geek for trivia. Oh, yeah. Heck yes. <laughs> uh, Bookborn? 
Um, hi, everybody. I'm Bookborn. I run the YouTube channel Bookborn. I've been doing that for about two years, and I talk about fantasy and sci-fi like everybody else, and a lot of stuff, more meta stuff around fantasy and sci-fi. Um, I have been on Book Jeopardy. It is terrifying, but they are very fun to watch, so I very much recommend everyone go and watch them, just not my episodes. Go watch the other ones. Let me in peace. Um, I did message Alan like the night before, like I can never be on this again. Like I'm losing sleep over <laughs> book jeopardy, but, um, yeah, it's been great. I've also, I guess, cause Mihir mentioned it. I'm a first year SPFBO judge. So I've been uh, doing that this year, which has been really fun. I should probably mention that too. Um, we're also an SPFBO judge. Yeah. We're, yeah. Well, all of us together, just, you know, hanging out, doing the whole <laughs> self-published, uh, book thing. Yeah. So why why book blogging and booktubing? What brought you to it? I'll just How jump in. Just, just shout out answers. <laughs> I, I'm really good at shouting out answers. Just shout out answers. It was it was COVID. Not even like I was sitting there. I don't know. I looked something up. Like I was reading. I mean, I've always read fantasy, and I, but I don't have any friends that do. And so it was COVID, and I was reading some Malazan book, and I went to look something up, and something popped up. And I was like, people talk about books on YouTube? Why? And so like I watched, I watched a bunch of videos and I, and you know, then I was like, you know, I was bored. Like my students wouldn't listen to what I was saying because teaching online, that works. Um, all of a sudden their grades drastically improve. Get out of here. Um, and so I was like, I gotta have some kind of outlet because I can't, I can't really teach because only like a third of them show up and the other ones they have their camera off because they're playing god of war or something uh and so i i asked my wife i'm like hey like i bet i can maybe do this and so i didn't and my first video took eight hours to edit because i didn't know any the first thing about video editing and so that's why because i wanted to talk to people about books but when you start you're really talking to the void about books which you can do offline like you don't have to make <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's why I started. And then I, I don't know, just got sucked into it. And now I do it all the time, but you want to ask Hillary or sorry, bookborn. You want to ask bookborn. <laughs> she's, she's the one, she's the one with the, with the, with the magic yeah. formula. Ask her. She's the one that's no. got it figured out. I don't have it figured out, but it's nice that you think that, um, it's interesting. I was actually going to start book blogging back in 2015 is when I first had the idea for the same reason Alan did, which was like. I had all these ideas in my head and nobody around me to talk to them about because, you know, I have a couple friends who read fantasy, but at some point they're tired of talking to you about it. So like you can only, I mean, you can only message them so many times about the same thing. And, um, I was actually, I started a bunch of work for a book blog. Um, but I just didn't have time. And so I didn't get around to it till 2019. And at that point, my husband suggested I should try booktube instead. Um, and so I did. He bought me a camera for a Christmas present and was like, if I buy you this now, you have to do it because I hate wasting money. <laughs> and so he was like, I bought it for you and now you have to. So it is interesting. I did start in 2020, like a lot of people, but it had been an Last idea. Of 2020. <laughs> I know. It had been a brewing idea for years and years and years. Just the same talking to the void. I mean, why do any of us start it? I think it's for the love of books and just wanting to to share ideas with people well bookborn has 20k subs now so she's not talking to the void she's talking to a small army good lord 
still avoid <laughs> mostly. Kudos, Bukwon. Yeah. Thank you. What about you, David? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I read a lot earlier in life and then really took a break through like college. Um, I just, you know, try to do the whole college thing. And like, if I wasn't going to read my textbooks, why would I read anything outside of that? Um, and then I got out and I was like, man, I really need a hobby. Uh, and so, uh, my, my brother-in-law loves books. And so he gifted me a couple for Christmas ended up being uh wool by Hugh Howie and the Martian by Andy Weir. And I was like, well, I haven't read books in like six years. Let's test these out. And they were phenomenal. And I was like, well, I need to read more like this. Um, and it led me to like early, early self-publishing. So like, you know, Hugh did it first and then like everybody kind of started doing like, I'm going to write Hugh's world. And so I'd read, uh, you know, indie pubs that were doing that. And uh, it kind of led me to doing reviews, doing Amazon reviews, um, and then, uh, book uh, picked me up. Um, and that was kind of my early introduction to reviewing. Um, and then about a year after being on there, I decided to kind of branch off and do my own. So, uh, like I said, I started off on a WordPress site, uh, you know, pretty much talking to myself. Uh, I had, you know, very few followers on Twitter. Um, then a couple of people kind of started latching on and I brought some more people on so we could get more content uh, and just kind of grew from there. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I did author interviews for a couple of years just because I had time to do it, which I don't now with a toddler and a full time gig and all that stuff. But uh, that's what led to doing Mayday Con uh, during COVID because we all needed something uh, at, as you know, the, the booktubers have said we, we needed something to do. So I was like, well, what's what's a better way with all these all these authors that are stuck at home you know might as well just get on a camera and talk about books for a full day uh which man that was that was a lot that was a that was a full day back to back to back to back to back stuff um and that's what led us to doing tbr con and doing doing it for a full week which has been which has been wonderful so but yeah it it, you know it kind of started out as i wasn't really reading and then i started reading and i was like well i have nobody else to talk to besides my brother-in-law so maybe i can find some people online that will actually (laughs) want to maybe listen here what about you well uh there's going to be a team you know three people so far said the same thing you know that we all wanted to talk to someone and there's nobody around uh, mine's slightly different. It's along the same lines. I was in India. I grew up, I was born and brought up in India. So I literally had one person, my best friend, who knew and read the books that I did. And so we all, we, that, we, that was all that we talked to. Uh, when I came to the US or when I immigrated to the US, that's when, you know, I still also followed all the original blogs like, uh, you know, Word Zone, Pat's Fantasy, Hotless, Fantasy Book Critic, and all of that. And one day I used to love to like, you know, reach out to authors because to tell them like how much I love their stuff. And I managed to interview one of the authors and I approached Fantasy Critic, who was, you know, at that time, the owner of the blog, Robert Thompson. He's a really friendly guy. And I told him, like, hey, I have this interview. I know you reviewed this book. Uh, do you want the interview? And he's like, yeah. And he liked the interview. So he's like, why don't you try? Do you want to review books? I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, you get three books. I'm like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> You know, because in India, we barely got any books. You know, I used to like, I have read so many series out of order with just random books that happened to be in India back then. This is, of course, 20 years ago. Now the landscape has changed thanks to Amazon. But back then it was just really weird. So that's how I got started in 2009. And again, similar to everyone, you know, thanks to, you know, being online, I found more and more people who want to talk about the same thing or, you know, want to be like, hey, have you read this book? Or, you know, do you want to talk to this author and stuff like that? So been doing that since quite a while and then i got to meet all of you so that's even that's been even more exciting absolutely 
Uh, let's see, how did I get my start? So I started a website before we go in 20, 2016. All right, I'm real annoying <laughs> when it comes to like lists, yep. real annoying. So I used to have all of these lists on the site, you know, like do things before you go, before you die, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but most of the lists that I had were books because I'm a complete book geek. And at the time, well, I still am, I'm trying to read like the canonical lists, you know, the 50 best fantasy, the times 100 best science fiction, you know, those lists. And I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I could put, I could put, you know, a review up on my site for the one person who's going to read it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then it just, you know, uh, what is it? December where every, the, the challenge where you post every single day in December, I forgot what it's called. I'm like, well, I can do that. So I did that every day in December and then it turned into a book blogging site. So now I have, before we go, <laughs> the name of the site. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then I, you know, I was really writing reviews and stuff and I had, I had a lot of content. And then uh, Grimdark Magazine read some of my reviews and asked me, hey, you want to be, you want to be a part of the team? And I jumped at the chance of that. And then I started doing a lot of interviewing. I love interviewing. And I interviewed some really, really great people now. Um, and like, I just finished an interview with Brandon Sanderson, which is just... Pike drop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, no, no big deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no one's heard of that indie author. No, who's that guy? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's a huge opportunity. It's crazy. So, yeah, and I started going there, and then I became the the editor of actual Grimdark magazine, the the issues. So now I put together the the actual issues of the magazine. I I go through the stories, I pitch to different authors, I do the whole thing to make sure everybody gets work with adrian to make sure everybody gets paid it's it's really i do the concepts for the magazine covers it's really amazing That's it awesome. feels good it feels like what i'm supposed to be doing and then on um, before we go <laughs> yeah yeah um before we go um i started bringing more people onto the team because i want a I want a variety of content i want lots and lots of viewpoints so we have authors, we share, Dave and I share Lenny. <laughs> she calls us mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got really wonderful authors and there's their viewpoints. And then I've got great reviewers, romance, you know, the whole, I'm trying to get the whole spectrum, cyberpunk. And it's just, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I think we're at 1600 posts now or something. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really wonderful. So I got, and then I have SBFBO also, which is, mm -hmm. I have an SBFBO. <laughs> I got a lot going on. I have an SBFBO team too. <laughs> kind of like you were saying though, I feel like having, having a, a, a growing team is what's so cool because not mm -hmm. only like I brought all these people on just to like post reviews, but you know, now we've got uh, an indie touring company that does book tours for, for different indie authors. We've got multiple authors that have, have published multiple books. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of crazy what 
just kind of sprouts out of out of those little things. You're just like, hey, you want to come write some reviews? Great. Six months later, hey, I'm going to go publish my first book. Uh, is that cool? <laughs> I was like, sure, do whatever you want to. Um, but yeah, you just you just kind of never know what's going to happen once you just give somebody you know a little extra. Just be like, hey, you know, here's a website. If you want to post on it, great. If you just exactly. want to be a part and talk to people, great. Um, you know, but it's just kind of a, a you know open arms. Everybody's welcome. Uh, if it doesn't work out, you know, we'll still help you out in any way you need kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so. Love boosting um, self-published authors, too. It was great. Book Warren, aren't you running something to help boost self-published people? I mean, we are. It's starting in February again this year. Oh, if anyone knows, right. IFF is Indie Fantasy Fund. Mm -hmm. um, yeah which is something my husband and I set up to support indie fantasy authors who maybe don't have the capital to do some things that you need to do as a indie. So that is kicking off in February. Just give us eight days <laughs> for our second year. I mean, it was really successful last year. You can go look it up. We, um, yep. we got to give away $6,000 to indie uh, authors, which was really, really Ooh. great. And yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> it's um, fun scene. Like I know Sarah Chorn is working on her audiobook, like, and that's what we gave her the money for. And so it's like very exciting <laughs> to see that stuff. Like, oh, like, look, we actually like physically were able to help somebody do a thing. Um, so that's been really rewarding. Also, for the people who just don't know this, the ten people who don't know this, Bookborns, uh, uh, Bookborns, awesome husband is Zach Argyle, yeah, uh, SPFP finalist, and awesome guy all around. And indie author. I know. I, I never talk about him. People, like a lot of people are surprised to find out we're married. Like it'll be like Zach will do something. They'll be like, hey, that background is Bookborn's background. Like, yeah, I'm married Zach, to him. Zach's the best. I always know, I always know I by the shield. He's my neighbor. I, mean, yeah. I always know by the shield. <laughs> yeah. Um I I'm really weird and I never want to like, you know, I don't know, nepotism, never want to talk about his projects and he always finds me so funny for that. So yeah, a lot of people um, end up finding that out accidentally, but here it is, cats out of the bag. Uh, we, both, we both love books, both been in the book community for a while, so. Plus that shield is a dead giveaway, you know? I know, that's the thing. It's like too, too recognizable of a background. Hey, at least you guys get to talk about books. Yeah, yeah well, I was gonna say, like, yeah, that's who the main person who was like, dude, you gotta go get someone else to talk to this about. Like, it's <laughs> it's bedtime. Like, okay, we've talked about it. Like, there's nothing more to say. I'm like, I have more to say though. So uh, I think it was self-preservation, um, <laughs> if anything, for him to encourage me to start a booktube channel. It is really nice to be able to talk to people about your your love of books because I don't have anybody really around me that reads like I read and. I'm just, hey, did you did you hear about such and such author? And they're like, no, no. It's funny because in the community, you definitely get a warped sense of what people know. Because when all, you know, most of the time now I'm talking to all you guys now. Now that I'm on online and everyone here is so involved in the book community and knows so much about what's going on. And you can sometimes just go talk to an average person. It's like, oh, yeah, let's read fantasy. And I'm like, oh, great. And I'm like dumping all this info. And they're like, I, what are you talking? Like, I don't know any of this. And so it is funny. I think you do get like this warped sense um, when you're in the small community. But it is such a great one. Like, I have met, I'm sure everyone would say the best thing about book blogging and book tubing is the people you meet. I think that's the number one everything everyone says. Like it's worth that's all it anybody just says. For, yep. Mm -hmm. It's all because it's true. It's, it's true. true. Everyone is just so fantastic. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's such a great community of book people on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't know, but I can't with Twitter, but there's a great amount of people on YouTube. <laughs> They're on Instagram, Discord. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. the book community is great. Yeah, I'm trying to do Discord. I'm, I'm trying to pick it up. I don't know. I'm so in on Twitter. It's like I have to learn something new. That's <laughs> been Discord's been one of the like when I first started out, um, I was in like one of the only book discords like I knew about. It was a huge um run by my friend uh, Jesse May, who's like the reason that I really have a channel because when I was like 160 subs. I had been in her Discord and she shouted me out on her channel. And so overnight I went to like 320 subs and I'm like, holy crap. Um, <laughs> and then I just, I hung out in Discord like a bunch. There's a bunch of, class of 2020 was the best. Um, it, like I'm, I'm really good friends with everybody who started a channel like then. Um, and there's been a bunch since then. And they're, they're all cool too, all the ones that I've met also. Um, but I think some people jump in like expecting to like, I don't know. I don't know who who they're modeling after or whatever. Um, but you can't jump in expecting to be like, boom, everyone's gonna watch my stuff because my stuff's so brilliant. And nope. like, like that's a that's a shortcut that I mean, maybe lightning will strike. But like my channel, it was built on the backs of like like community building, like like knowing everybody, like the people I the, the people that watch my channel. I think the only people that watch my channel are people like I've talked to before. I was really active in the comments um of everyone's video like especially when i started out like i made sure like if someone was commenting on my channel and they had a channel i was going to watch their videos and i was going to comment now currently i follow way too many channels and i feel so bad when i can't comment on people's video all the time um but i spent a lot of time in discord and even now and then you know i had my own discord and this was pretty much everyone has their own discord now but back then like they they, they didn't really and so I spent a ton of time in Discord, like just talking to people and balancing like the filming and the editing and let alone the reading, screw the reading. There's no time for that. It's the filming and the editing and the, and the community building. So the, it's balancing all of that is, is crazy, but doing it without the community building part is less fun because yeah. I mean, like this isn't my job i don't have five hundred thousand subs to where i can just not do that you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it, like i'm not doing it for my career so why am i doing it otherwise and so it's for the um it's you know for the community building and the people i know and and all that kind of stuff and then then you can just say say in jokes because people have been watching your channel for so long like i forget when I'll do something and people be like, I don't know what that means in a video. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Like <laughs> I'm doing that for the people I've been friends with for like three years and they get it because, you know, and so then I have to explain it and, and stuff like that. Anyway, the community is, is a good part. And recently I've been meeting a lot of like self-published authors who are all so nice. Mm -hmm. And as soon as like I meet someone who's cool, I'm like, man, I wanna read your book now. But TBRs are too. out of control, yeah. as y'all know. Yeah. I would bet on this one though. Discord is a little bit tricky because unless you're in a specific server, you don't really know like what's happening. Twitter's mm -hmm. nicer because you know once you're out of Twitter, you can at least search for people and you'll get to see everything. Discord, unless you're invited to a specific server, you're just gonna be hanging out in that one server and that's all your world sure. is. So with that. But the community is still nice on Twitter. Of course, there's Twitter is crazier, but <laughs> I would say book Twitter is at least better and nicer. Uh, you know, so long as you follow the the 
the normalish people and the book chatter. <laughs> I'm saying normalish because what's normal-ish. really normal? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, what's really normal? So, but I follow all of you guys, or at least, you know, uh, you know, who are, is on Twitter, and I try to try to chat with those people. And it's self-published, Alan hit on a good point, self-published authors are really some of the nicest people. Authors in general are really nice because mm-hmm. you talk to them about books and you kind of get this sense like, oh, yeah, this guy's like, oh, this person is like me. He gets it, or they want to talk about it, and so it's really fun. But Discord is still a little bit hands off for me. Yeah, and and it depends. Like if you go into a, like a pre-established server, especially when it's huge, like uh, a huge complaint people have about Discord is they feel like they can't, like it's clicked off already, and so they can't be part of the discussion. And so in my Discord, like I really, really try to have that not happen. Um, I have really good mods, like the all like friends of mine from when I first started my channel who will just be like, Hey, what if we weren't rude right now? You know, like rude people tend to leave my discord really fast because I don't like people being rude. And, you know, I'd also don't have 5,000 people, but I don't like people being rude. We don't talk about anything that could like set people off. Like if you want to have a, if you want to have like fiery opinion about books, that's fine. But you can do that without telling someone they're an idiot for thinking that way. <laughs> the only people people do that to me is me. Like, Alan, your opinions are terrible. I'm like, I know, but like, that's, kind of, that's kind of my brand. I read books no one reads, so I can complain about no one reading books with me. And I have bad opinions about books that other people read. So I don't know why. <laughs> But book Twitter, book Twitter's like like a haven city in the middle of like the wild west. A cesspool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like an island in a cesspool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the place where everyone's agreed. Like you can't kill each other. You leave your weapons at the door. It's fine. That's where everyone goes, hang out, plays cards, um, listens to the player piano. Um, yeah. But as soon as they leave, you know, there's a posse waiting to like shoot them or round them up or be like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, you just don't leave. You stay in your little bubble. <laughs> every now and then someone slips across the border and it's like how'd you get here you broke all the you broke all the pre-agreed upon like unspoken laws and they drag them out behind an ox cart i would also say that book twitter especially the adult side of things is slightly better than ya twitter ya twitter is wild wild yeah really wild like i try to stay away from that stuff because that stuff will get your blood boiling but yeah adult look uh fantasy sf thriller Twitter is still fun and you know, mm-hmm. most people are reasonable. I'll say that most people are reasonable. Yeah. And the, and the people that aren't reasonable, they get drug by everybody <laughs> yep. like bad. really quickly, it's like bad. it spreads fast. And yeah. so like, if you have a really bad take and everybody thinks your take is bad, you're pretty much done <laughs> at least, yes. at least for yes. a few months until, <laughs> until the dust settles. I love oh, mob rule. Six, the mob 60, yeah. 60 comments and like, 60 yes. retweets and oh yeah yeah it's, <laughs> that that's the one thing that i do enjoy because i mean I'll, I'll literally log on and go okay what happened today guys and uh it's literally like the first six tweets and i go okay well i can just go ahead and close twitter for the rest of the day we're good um <laughs> but yeah for, for the most part i, I mean I, i've i've loved just the community building on twitter but you know there there are days where i just get on there and just uh just especially with all like the changes that have come to Twitter about, Mm -hmm. you know, how you actually see posts and whose posts you see and what Twitter thinks you want to see, which is pretty much what every other platform does now. Facebook thinks it knows what you want and Instagram does the same thing. Facebook does not know what I want. It is bad (laughs) at that job. I'm like, what if you just showed me my friends? Like that's literally why I click. Why do I see the same post? 
four times by this guy. I don't like, I don't want to see your barbecue, man. Like I saw it yesterday. Why is it the same post about the barbecue you are having? Meanwhile, oh, yeah. it's my like, other it's like friend is meals, like losing his job and stuff and it won't show me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, if, you know, you, you just like start scrolling and it's just real after real after real and you can't hide them anymore. Like they're mm-hmm. just there. It's just to keep scrolling. Yeah. It, you know that uh, I started on Twitter, just like making my own list of like people that I think, you know, I yeah. would actually need to boost and so forth. So you know, I'll pull indie authors, I pull other bloggers. Cause I'm just like, I, I just don't have time to go through all the stuff that people have retweeted or this is, this is a person that two, two people you follow like, so you need to see this. Uh, and it's like, I, I really, I really don't actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I've, I've really kind of honed it down now. Um, and it's, it's become a little bit nicer, but it's still not something that I'm on all day, every day. I just don't have time for it. Yeah. It takes a lot more work than it used to. Like it used yeah. to be very easy. Not I so much anymore. I don't know what these social media companies have against chronological timeline. You know, all of them just hate the chronological timeline. They don't want you to see what's coming out right now. They want you to see what they think is best for you. It's 16 hours ago. Yes. Eight hours ago, 16 hours ago. Or like you, like David said, you know, this person like this, maybe you'll like it. I'm like, no, I just want to see what, whom I follow. I want you to show me what they had posted right now rather than 20 or. I want to see what Facebook was like. A decade ago. <laughs> well, all those all those um, algorithms are really designed to keep you algorithms. coming back and hang out and and scroll. So no, they aren't designed to show you what you want. They're designed to show you something in a way to um, keep you there. And trying so, to get you to buy something. Um, or buy something mm-hmm. um, or just have other That's people sign cool. up, use. So yeah, they're not in your best interest. <laughs> that is true. Not like anyone I think here was uh, under any delusion that that was the case. But <laughs> I, I, I thought they there. wanted to deliver a user experience the user wanted. I'm <laughs> stupid. Alan, <laughs> um, you can start a company and I'll join it. Um, your company yeah, can yeah, be I'm just start about a social you. media company and it's going to show it in order of the things that happen in alphabetical order. Of the last names of your friends. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Might be deep down a little structured. too much there. There's no ads. Oh, God. You just, so great. You just scroll and see what people um, did. How are you going to make money? I, I'm, From I'm YouTube. not. <laughs> just doing this for free. Yeah. It's all okay, my, all my, like, my, my YouTube wealth. I have like a chest of Spanish doubloons from, you know, all my ad revenue. All three people that watch hey. the videos. And Alan, you know, the best part is if you piss off Elon Musk enough, he'll eventually buy it. So then, you know, you'll end up being a billionaire as well. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm going to start the Twitter equivalent of the yeah. Michael Scott paper company and have him come and like <laughs> buy me. <laughs> all right let's talk let's let's go back to the book ball, or the... <laughs> <laughs> this let's is still part about... of blogging right? yeah. Yeah. yeah this is this is a part of blogging so let's talk about actual writing a review mm-hmm. what are your guys's process for for writing or creating a review for um booktube like well, this books. is perfect. I don't write reviews. So this is a perfect question for me. I don't know if anyone you visited my channel recently, but I just don't review books. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to learn from everybody. Their process yes, you here. Do. For... 
You know, I really actually don't. I, I do more video essays about books than I do really, really. I watched books. your reviews of the Spiffbo finalist two days well, that's ago. That's because I'm in Spiffbo. And I like a lot before Spiffbo. You know what I Why mean? Why are you taking so long to finish that? Look, Born? <laughs> keep refreshing the page to see the rest of your reviews, to see what you took the hatchet to. And have, you wanted... have, you, have you seen the Spiffbo scoreboard right now? Yes, you, you are one of the most full. Oh, I know. We I don't have any. It. She is the most, <laughs> she's the fastest so far. Full, yeah. My beautiful full list. No. I know. Yeah, I'm, go faster. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just have to put that joke in because I do feel like. Um, I don't write that many reviews. <laughs> I just wanted to make that joke, but um, you review stuff. You review yeah, books. I, 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 they do do a little review. And I was just laughing about that the other day because I looked at my channel and I was like, "Wow, when's the last time like I reviewed a book besides SPFBO?" Bookborn um, writes really long scripts and then films things that people want to watch. So I, do, I, I do think it's interesting because you guys, um, three of you guys, are written media but how you put your stuff out versus visual is very different. Um, so I'm actually curious to hear the differences between those because I wonder, do you guys ever get stuck just in edit mode? That's what I wonder with writing because you could just keep editing it forever. Whereas like for us, at least, I don't know, Alan, if you feel this, like once I filmed it, that's it. So like I'm in the editing room and if I'm bummed that I didn't say something at this point, the ship has sailed. There's only so much I can do. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, because... I mean Filming takes a while, so I'm not going to go reset up and refilm an entire review. Oh, yeah. So, like, if I miss it, I, I might go and do a voiceover after if it's like really vital. Um, but at some point, it's too late. And so, and I and I wondered for you guys who do written, do you ever get stuck just like continually editing it, or do deadlines keep you enough to just like let it go into the universe? I get stuck. I get mm -hmm. stuck. Like if I'm if I so I've written something if it's a really complicated book. And I look at it, I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> this doesn't have any of the beats that I need to talk about. And then I'll edit, and then I'll edit, and then I'll edit, and then I'll edit. And at, at some point, I just have to let it go. Like, and it's hard. And you, and you always wonder, did I get across what I was really trying to say? Right? It's so mm -hmm. hard. Like, you, the thoughts from your head to the paper, your head to your voice, it, there's some sort of block there, some blockade. <laughs> and things just never quite it's so hard to communicate those things and especially when you worry about spoilers mm -hmm. giving too much away um i don't know it's it's a t it's tougher i think than people think to write like a good review and i think that's why so many people are like known for it when you read them they they're really good at capturing the essence of a book i'm in awe of you booktubers because you guys have to you know you're filming yourself you have to talk about how you know what you thought because when you're writing the reviews you can, you can kind of just break it down like okay characterization this is what we thought plot wise this is what we thought you know because it flows and you can okay you can go back to re-edit it but with with when you guys are talking about it when you're when you're writing your scripts you kind of have to make it a flow a little bit you know a little bit easier as well because when you're writing it it's a little bit different but when you're filming and talking about it, you realize that this is not really flowing and all of that so that's why i, I kind of think like booktubers have it a little bit harder for mm -hmm. us at least like i can only speak for myself because for me the things stopping me are tired getting tired and being lazy yeah uh, like it's that. like how much more do i want to give this review because it's a it's off my free time b it's already i usually do my writing in that at night so it's like how sleepy am i and what time are my kids gonna get up 6 a.m 5 a.m so it's like it's i have to capture that like I, I can get five hours of sleep if i finish this right now and then the scheduling and all of that on the blog so i'm like that's what keeps me 
compact, but it also depends on the books, right? Because sometimes you get these really fantastic books and you, you're writing, you're writing, and you realize it's more than 1,500 words, and you're like, I still haven't got to what I like about this book. And then you just got to go with what you got to go. Well, Bookborn is way more organized than I am. Like, she has, like, stuff laid out. In... I am not organized when it comes to reviewing. I take notes. Like, in... I have a little book journal thing that I just take, like, bullet points when I'm reading something. And then when I go to film it, hopefully I'm filming it somewhere, like, within the vicinity of having, um, having read the book. I filmed my Hero of Ages review eight months after reading the book because I never got around to it so i had to go like reread the recap of what the, i'm like oh okay now this this bullet point makes sense and so when i'm filming i just try to i try to lump the bullet points based on like category so i'm not jumping like hey i just talked about theme now i'm going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff oh let me jump back to theme or whatever mm-hmm. and i don't know reviews are hard and they're the most tiring thing to do so my biggest barrier is making myself do them i don't want to do them because you know i work all day and i talk about stuff at school all day to students and then i get home and i don't want to do it again i just want to sit here and play the witcher i just don't want to do um and you know if it's a tbr it's fine hey i'm reading this y'all oh you've never heard of it oh big surprise you know like that's that's easy i can do that sleeping um so reviews are always harder but and then when i'm editing them i'm just like what are you talking about man and so i'll cut out (laughs) I have pauses where I look at my next my next um, bullet point. Uh, and like uh, Bookborn said, if you forget something, I mean, I'll put up a graphic on the screen that says I was my first freaking my Mistborn review, my very first uh, Brandon Sanderson book review. I call him Brian Sanderson. And I didn't catch it. I didn't even catch it in editing. I caught it when someone commented and said, I can't tell if Alan was joking because we had joked about that in Discord. And I didn't catch I called, I said, Boosh, The Final Empire by Brian Sanderson. And I just went on. Missed it when I edited it. Now, if, so, you know what, Ellen? We have all done stuff like that. No, like, yep. like seriously. Here, yeah. I I wrote a review for is it one of my favorite books last year. What mm-hmm. oh, is Yeah, just just amazing. And I had this passionate review of how great it was. It was like a a hug and a book, and you know, and I never ever put stuff up on reddit i am terrified of reddit oh <laughs> reddit is a terrifying place i agree with you <laughs> but i'm like okay i i can do this i'll put something up on reddit i misspelled his name two different ways in the review i misspelled his name in the title <laughs> did you spell it bald tree or something bald bald um, yeah tree. yes he did i spelled no. it bald tree and yes. then i spelled it blad bladry <laughs> <laughs> Travis Bald Tree and Brian Sanderson hanging out right <laughs> Brian Sanderson re- writes and Travis Baltry re- you know narrates it's the perfect combination yeah, Travis Bald Tree narrates that's true oh, that's yeah the, the issue the the wor- one worst thing about filming is um I like don't care about how I pronounce fantasy things like my whole life like I just read it and whatever and people on YouTube care um let me tell you they care. And so that's been really hard, especially in fantasy, I feel like. Um, 
And I think what you said was spelling, like, gosh, when you're writing a fantasy review, you must have to look up 800 things because mm. you're just like, well, I know what I'm talking about, but okay, let me go see what how many apostrophes this location had and where they are. Um, yeah. So I feel like in some ways, fantasy has a uniquely... Um, fantasy is uniquely difficult because we're talking about completely new worlds and magics. And so I think more goes into a review in terms of like, you have to get the audience there for your review first. You know, when you think of lit fic or, or other things, um, you're not working from the same mold. So I do think there's some extra challenges that are uniquely in our genre space. I had to put a I had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of my most recent Malazan review because everyone acts like they know how stuff's pronounced when they're guessing the same way that we are. But I said I said, look, if you're gonna watch thir this thirty minute video and the only thing you have to say is the comment on the my pronunciation of something, stop, leave me alone, and let me <laughs> let me talk about this video. Like, why is that the only thing that you can say? Is well, it's actually pronounced so and so. How do you know? I've met the author and he told me I can pronounce it however I want. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I mean, Alan, you know I saved that bit of video. Like I recorded it, you saying that, and saved it to my phone just so I can send it to people. Good. I send it to here, anyone. But I loved anyone it so much. I was like, I'm just going to keep this. And the next time someone bothers me, I'm just going to send them this video clip of Alan. Leave talking. me alone. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Malazan, Malazan thing. Malazan. Malazan. So it's actually Malazan. That it's is. Malazan. That, that's Stephen Erickson didn't care. Told me. Yeah. Stephen Erickson didn't care, though. I haven't read it. I'm giving up my fantasy card. I haven't read it. No, well, no. I read it okay. for like. It's okay if you don't read it. I read it for 12 years before I ever heard anybody talk about it on BookTube or Erickson pronounce things correctly. So I had the way I was going to pronounce it, and I'm not going to change it. And yeah. Stephen Erickson didn't care. He didn't care. It's everyone else that cares. Like, no, 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 it's, mal it's Malazan. No, I don't care. Guess what? Malazan. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Like, oh. Seriously. <coughs> Come at me. Do yeah, review. Oh, sorry. Oh, go, no, uh, David, I was just going to say, yeah, re reviewing, reviewing for me is, is kind of changed forms over the years. Because, like, when I first started out, I mean, my, my reviews were only like, you know, a couple of paragraphs and honestly those paragraphs weren't even full paragraphs they were like three or four sentences because i had no idea what i was doing i just said hey this book was really good i like this part if you like so and so i think you'll like it i mean that i mean it worked i mean you know i got a few views on it or whatever but um and then i started i don't know why i did this because i hate when other people do it uh i started kind of like walking people through the book like it starts out here and then it goes this way and i'm like i'm just telling people what the book is about that makes no sense uh and that's uh, that's what i realized i was like you know maybe people don't want a retelling they just want you to to tell them your you know your opinions um and so i started you know, kind of doing what here does you know you do characterization you do setting you do magic systems you do world build whatever um and then i was like you know i don't have time for these long essay <laughs> reviews so then i started really summarizing and going okay you know People really like blurbs. It's concise. It's like this, the size of a tweet. I'm just going to make my blurb what I feel like is the best I could make it. And then I'll have some, you know, two or three paragraphs after it to, to go. I really like this part. I wish this had been done better. I look forward to this and the sequels or whatever. If it's the, you know, finale, then I'll say worth it, not worth it, whatever. Um, but I've just gotten to a point just with busyness with, life and work and children and about to have another you know child and I, I just do blurbs now I, I just don't I don't have time to sit there and think and go okay I have an hour to myself I could either be reading I could be 
I, I don't want to say playing The Witcher because Alan's got that or playing God of War um, <laughs> or, or, you know, sleeping. Um, and, uh, and so I just get to the point where I finish a book and I go, okay, let's, let's get 140 characters as great as I can get it and throw it out and then go to the next thing. Um, and it, it seems to be working fine. I mean, I, I've gotten some retweets from publishers and stuff. So I'm like, okay, that seems to work out. I still do a ton of stuff on the blog. I do cover reveals all the time. I'll still do lists. I do the massive, most anticipated list every year, which is just hundreds of books. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and you know, I I kind of stopped doing reviews because I was doing author interviews all the time, which took up a lot of time. I, I didn't edit them just because I know how long it takes to edit Alan and Bookborn. I know <laughs> it takes forever. Um, and so I would just go, okay, we're going to record it. If we say something stupid, I'll edit it out. If I mispronounce the title, which I have done, I'm sorry, Ryan Cahill, um, uh, which I just, just kind of cut that out of that first one. Um, and, uh, you know, it just stuff happens. Life gets, you know, busy. Uh, and you just, you just do the best that you can. Uh, and that's another reason why I brought on so many people. It's just, I just don't have the time to produce content. Like people seem to want it. Uh, and, and you know, which is you know, every single day or every other day. Uh, and so I was like, okay, let's just have a combination. We'll throw out some reviews every few days. We'll throw out cover reveals every few days. And you know, if, if it continues that way, great. If not, we'll change it up somehow. I do it. I do it a little bit differently. Um, I do 500, I have to get 500 characters in, or 500 words. I work a lot on SEO for the site. Mm -hmm. And so I'll do like, I I aim for 500 words. And in the first paragraph, I mention the name of the book because Google picks that up. You know, it'll, and you'll, you'll chart higher if you have something like that. And then I'll go through the beats of the book, you know, just as you guys do characterization, world building, I'll highlight anything that really stands out. And then I wrap it up and say if I recommend it or don't recommend it or whatever, and 500 characters. I think that's like a good, it's not too long. And it's a couple paragraphs, but long enough to get the point across. And the SEO works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. SEO is pretty great. I mean, that's that's one reason we switched over to like a, a hosted site instead of doing WordPress mm-hmm. because literally every single post we do, we you know have your top three SEO words, and then you can add some more. You can change out how it appears in your Google search, and it really yeah. does help you chart. I mean, if you just go and Google a title of a book and put FanFi Attic there, I mean, it's it's going to be there. Or if you just put you know just the just the this the title of the book. I mean, we're probably going to be on the first page. It's mm-hmm. it's it's so nice to have that ability uh, because you know used to we'd be on the second, third, fourth page, and uh, yet we would have a blurb on Amazon. But it would just take so long to search for something. But um, but yeah, those th- that SEO is is really nice. I don't know what any of those we're, words mean. SEO is search engine optimization. We're, uh, we're switching over so, to Google. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> I very frequently have no idea what the words people are saying mean. The, I mean, Alan, you and I have to deal with YouTube's algorithm, which is I don't. Than Google's SEO. Yes, you do, Alan. I, Even I have, I have clicked on my are. analytics page one time, and that was to see when we compared the 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 genders of the of the people watching. Oh yeah, Alan and I have very different genders of people watching, which is why I think I have more angry people. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, the um, yeah, the algorithm in SEO is very different. I actually worked for a company 
that did SEO. So like I had to go through like a whole training about SEO. So what? What does that mean? Search engine, Search engine optimization. No, you're telling me what it stands for. What does that mean? Um, so Google Google has an algorithm. Google has a way oh, that they why deliver. Why does everybody have a stupid algorithm? Okay, look, Google's my favorite website because it answers because any questions. Because we live questions. in the matrix, Alan. It, we live in the matrix. The only way that Google can answer your questions is they have to use the keywords that you put into Google and try to decide what it is that you actually want and no, what they're websites they're going to serve to you. And so they there's things you can do to make sure that your website so what david and beth are talking about is okay if someone searches legends and lattes you know beth wants her review to come up and mm -hmm. so there are things that she can do within her website's coding or the way that she writes in her first 500 words to make sure that the title's there that it makes it more likely for her to be served now websites also gain capital so like david i think what you're saying is you probably come up a lot now because your website is big bigger and a lot of people go to it so then your website for a review is going to be served up more than someone who just started because Google now knows that you're a trusted website for things like that. So Google keeps so track there of all those are things. Words you have to enter in. Yeah. Like Alan, if it helps. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I have an idea about it, but I don't do it. And our our reviews come up the same way. Either it comes or it doesn't come, and it's 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 weird. It's one of those things which people either like like these folks they know about it and they're doing it or. Well, so here's a perfect the, example. Somebody here is, mis is misspelling last names. He's putting bald tree. And that, yeah, and, see, and that's going to hurt not you. showing up in Google. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, here's, here's a good example, Alan. So I tried, you know, Tress of the Emerald Sea just came out by Brandon Sanderson. I tried to get a video out really early. And I made sure that even though in my title, I put both titles. I put secret project number one, and I put Tress because I wanted to come up. But I test these things and I was Googling it and my video was only showing up on the first page under trust and was not showing up under secret project number one. And I realized it's because I had accidentally put like numbers spelled out in the description box and not the hashtag number. And so it wasn't showing that up as a result. So I had to go and edit my description box a few times mm -hmm. to make sure that when people were Googling secret project number one, my video was in that first page of recommends. Now yeah. my video is going to fall under Murphy's because Murphy has a way more capital than I do on YouTube. It's going to fall under anything Brandon Sanderson's posted about it because he has more capital. So that's the way it, it works so and by using keywords. Everyone watching, this is a do a how to and how to not have a book exam. <laughs> book porn is the how to. And I, who don't even know what that app is, and someone just said it's kind of like tags on YouTube. What is that? Is that hashtags on YouTube? I, I've entered those in like two videos. I always you know, forget. You know, tags useful oh, anymore. Oh, so. I don't know when they were ever useful. Years ago, before we got on it, don't worry about it. Uh -oh. <laughs> anyway, Bookborn will tell you how to get people to watch your stuff. I don't know how to do that, so... <laughs> we're all in the void. We're all trying, right? It's we're all the trying Captain to get America people... shield. I'm telling you, it's the Captain America shield. It is That's the Captain America shield. It's the secret to my success. Everyone yep. go buy a Captain America shield. <laughs> <laughs> it's also all you. So you talk about stuff like that people want to listen about, like you know, rings of rings of power or mm -hmm. Brandon Sanderson. Well, or sometimes I, I talk about what people want to hear about when it also aligns with my interest. Yes, and yes, um, that's, that's a what question. I mean. That's what I mean. But that's that's a question for everybody. I don't know if you guys feel that in book blogging. Do you ever feel the need to read or put out reviews or write things that you're not interested in because you're think it will serve your blog, or do you just ignore it because you're like, eh, I just kind of want to do what I want? 
Um, I can't read stuff I don't want to read. Like, I can't. It's so boring. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't. Okay, so I have Asperger's, if, case, if anybody, like, wasn't aware of that already. Like, I'm on the spectrum. So, you know, I, I get away with a lot of stuff. Like, people are just like, oh, look, it's the autistic guy. Like, it's fine. Um, so I just can't. Like, I can't make myself do stuff I don't want to do. Like, I, it's just, it's too hard. So because of that, I mean, I do feel super FOMO. Like, when book five of, what is it? What is that? Stormlight that's coming out this year, book five, where, you know, in the month of November, BookTube ceases to exist as everything is pulled into the black hole of Stormlight. And it's, like, me and, like, one other dude who doesn't even have a channel, like, standing behind a dumpster trying to stay warm because <laughs> no one will let us inside. Like, that's what it's going to be. That's what it was like when Rhythm of War came out. And that's what it's going to be again. So... But I just like I don't have time to read all of Stormlight. I don't. There's something I want to read. Anyway, whatever. This is where knows. having a team, you know, yeah, because you can having have a team. people in your team who want to read Sanderson. Uh, I don't care for Sanderson. Oh, I need a uh, team. Yeah, you do. I know. I was actually. I don't know. When <laughs> they were they talking about their talking. teams, yeah. I was interesting that on a blog, um, teams are much more common on mm -hmm. a, on a booktube channel. It's more about creating an identity around one person um, which team. is really interesting because I make them read stuff i don't want to read how big how big are the teams how big is your team mir and david uh right now it's you know so we're all part of the same team so it's lucas caitlin uh david matthew shazzy and me so about six people and of course we have some irregularly irregular people who mm -hmm. might post some review but it's it's about four to five really active people and me mm. uh so Bookborn, let's merge. Let's become a team. <laughs> the library of Bookborn. Yes. How big is your team now, David? Oh, gosh, I don't know now. Like we we've had we've had a few people scoot out. We've had a few people kind of do other things. I mean, I I think the last time I even took a tally, it was like twenty or twenty five. But uh -huh. but again, it's not it's not people submitting stuff every week. It's not mm -hmm. even every month. It's a lot of those folks are just like in a group. We all chat we we share each other's stuff it's really just a community kind of thing but we probably have i'd say 10 to 15 that regularly post content i mean you know adrian adrian now does the podcast full-time which is also the youtube channel um and then we've got you know justin running escapist book tours uh which they've kind of taken a few of our reviewers to do reviews for that website now um because he's done another one through uh our mod host mod farm. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say may, maybe 10 to 15 or regularly once a month, once every couple of weeks type type folks. But, but again, I mean, we kind of like it that way. I mean, we like having a, a big space where everybody's ideas kind of flow and culminate, but that's so cool. It, it's fun. I mean, again, you know, I, I didn't do it just to be like, I want to make sure we have reviews every single day and everybody's reading and I'm just like, look, I want you guys to come have a good time, talk to each other, get to know each other. And if you happen to read and review a book, great. We'll boost it. Chiago, come join my team. Chiago <laughs> <laughs> is one of our SBFBO authors, Finalist, by yeah. the way, if anyone who doesn't know. His book is great. Chiago's, Chiago's the best. I love Chiago. Chiago, we're on a team now. We'll see if Bookborn will take us. <laughs> you, should have seen, you should have seen him roasting Key in the other day on his 24-hour stream. It's pretty great. <laughs> be, be sure to Chiago's give some Chiago raisins. He loves raisins from what I hear. He's I hate raisins too, Chiago. <laughs> you hate raisins? What's wrong with you guys? Chiago doesn't like raisins, so... 
there's like six foods that I eat. I can't eat a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> Would it upset people to know that cinnamon raisin is my favorite type of cookie, like oatmeal cinnamon raisin? Is that an of upsetting thing for people? That's, that's the most restriction thing I've ever heard you say. So have you ever played Borderlands? Do you know Borderlands? Dancing. Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina going off on, you know, oatmeal raisin cookies. That's what that reminds me of. It's, it's <laughs> Borderlands. It that's Borderlands 3, isn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. no, it's Borderlands 2. Oh, the second one? Gotcha. She has her tantrum and yeah. <laughs> Tiny Tina. Are you hearing that water's gonna come back on? That's from Borderlands. That's from the first one. Just talk to that guy repeatedly while my friends get very mad. Hey, you hearing the water's gonna come back on? Just talk to that one guy over and over. <laughs> hey, water's gonna come back on? They're like, no. Sorry. Is this a game we're talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a yeah, Borderlands. I have like a thousand hours on Borderlands 2. Good gracious. Yeah, oh yeah. Like I love Borderlands 2. Yes. Yes, it's the it's the 15th medal, Zach. <laughs> make sure make sure uh Bookborn you tell me how um how that particular medal works every time I ingest it. Um, um, it makes you um, spend more time researching than actually doing anything for your channel, and so it's going to make you less productive. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> wouldn't recommend taking it. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Do you guys write negative reviews? I will. I will do it. But the thing is, okay. So, so, so here's the thing. Like, if you only like for for. Uh, booktubers. If we only say so, there's people who don't uh, post mm -hmm. negative reviews, like Philip, like Dr. Philip Chase, um, and people aren't coming to him for negative reviews. If Philip doesn't like it, he just won't post a review about it, which is one way to tackle it. Um, people always know what I'm reading, and so they always want to know, and they'll see my Goodreads. Philip doesn't use star ratings, so but if they see that I've rated something like two stars on Goodreads. You know, people can ask me why. So I don't have a problem posting a negative review, but you can be negative without being a huge douchebag. Like oh, yeah. there are people who are going to be negative. negative. Mm -hmm. Correct. They're just yeah. they're, they just going to be negative because they want to like they just want to like like scorched earth and leave like leave it like because people really people will click on that like they will mm -hmm. like people will click on it to that's you know that's what that's why Twitter is like that because that's what gets circulated. But you can post negative by being like, there is a series that I should really love because it's my favorite subgenre in fantasy. But the seminal work in this, I don't like, but I like the world. And so, but I, I'm gonna read it because it's the most popular one. Like, but every time I read something in it, I'm just like, I just wish it was not this way, but I don't trash the author. I don't yeah. trash the things. I'm just like, I don't understand the decisions that are made in this book. It is not for me. And what do I know? Like this book has sold, you know, a million copies. What do I know? You know, like I haven't written a book, but it is not for me. And I can, and that's the harshest I've ever really been on anything. Oh, sorry, Lion of Macedon also, but that's just because it has someone in history doing something that they weren't there for. I'm like, what is happening in this book? Plus David oh, Gimmel. No, 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 David Gimmel, <laughs> don't talk like that. Look, David Gimmel is an excellent writer. I'm not bad mouthing Gimmel, but in Lion of Macedon, Parmenian mm. was not there for any of those things, and he's taking the the glory away from a I know, I know. And I'm just like, what is going on with this book? That's my only problem. He's a great writer. Um, 
his publisher so, forced him to do that. Uh, just so you know, I'm also a huge David Gimmel fan. Hold on, are you serious? Yes, I'm not even kidding. So, sorry, sidebar for uh, Lion of Macedon. We yeah. must talk about that later. Sorry. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to, like, that's not who I am. Like, if people tune in to watch me, like, complain about stuff i don't know why people like watching me complain but they do but i'm not i'm not complaining in a mean way or i'm not actually i just have a lot of indignation about things but i'm never mean because i don't want to be mean that's not who i am i'm not a mean person in real life i don't want to trash someone else's work you mm -hmm. know that's but her every baby book, yeah you every know? book that's is for everybody like yeah. if i don't like it who cares a bunch of other people like it what do i know my opinions are bad so <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, I, I I wouldn't say I necessarily wrote a negative review. I'll just say I, I, it wasn't a gleaning review on certain books. Um, I feel you know negative criticism is is needed because what you don't like, somebody else will love, and vice mm -hmm. versa. I mean, uh, there's a book uh, called "I'm Thinking of Ending Things" by Ian Reed. Uh, that book is so hot and cold. Uh, anywhere you go. I mean, I think it's like five out of 10, but they're like, so many people loved it and so many people hated it. I loved it because I went and looked at the reviews and I said, okay, let me look at the people that I actually like think their opinions are valid and I actually believe them uh, versus the people that are just like, I read five pages of this book was crap. So here's one star. Um, but I ended up loving it. Uh, but I just generally, if, if I'm not enjoying a book, if I get you know, 50 pages into a book. And I said, this is, it just isn't for me. I'm not going to push myself to finish it to then have to go write a review because then I'm just going to be like, Oh gosh, what am I going to say without like being a jerk, whatever. I just, I just, this book isn't for me. Move on there. There are so many books that will be for me that I have yet to read and I need to get to. Um, but I do, I do believe negative reviews are, needed because if you're just positive all the time people aren't going to believe you yeah. um but at the same time i mean you know like in phillips thing you, you you can have positive views and you can just that be your thing uh because that's what you read and that's what you enjoy and that's what you want to talk about i don't really like talking about negativity but that's what spreads everywhere and yeah. that's like alan said that's what gets clicks i mean <laughs> even if it's a booktube video that says these are the 10 worst series, you know, ever or whatever of 2022. And then it ends up being a video that's all positive. Like but it, the negativity, the screen cap is what's going to get you to click on there because you just want to know what they're going to grind into. Um, it's just I don't I don't personally get it, but it, it seems to work. Uh, it's just not for me. I, I think there's a lot of different elements to a negative review. First, I think negative reviews are very useful to a reader. If we take even just book blogging out of it, I found it very cathartic as a reader to not like a book and be able to go see other people say the same things I did. Um, uh, a book I recently, I read like a Hugo winner and there's just one thing that drove me insane about this book and to see other negative reviews be like, oh, that thing, thing bro drove other people insane. It can be very cathartic. Um, so I think there is this place for negative reviews mm -hmm. just in the reader community. But I think as reviewers, um, there, I, I, I have two different categories. I, I would call punching up and punching down. You know, if someone wants to go write a really nasty rant, or not nasty, but like if someone, someone wants to do a kind of funny rant review about one of the most popular authors of all time, I, I view it a little differently than someone who's doing this horrible rant review of a very unknown author. I'm not saying it hurts less, but you know, if someone wants to be like, I hated a Brandon Sanderson book, is that really hurting his bottom line? No. You no, know what I mean? No, it's, I, that's my point. And so I think um, I, I try to be cognizant of that. Like when I read a self-published book, you know, I read a self-published book I really didn't like. 
But when I reproach that review, I am going to approach it so much more carefully than when I said, told people I didn't like The Witcher. The Witcher, no one cares if I don't like The Witcher. Who am I to say I don't like The Witcher, one of the most popular fantasy books of all time? Who cares? But, I mean, you know, in the self-published community... What, what is Geralt you? In the self-published community, you know, when I didn't like this book, I made sure to be very clear about what I thought people would like, uh, the type of reader who would like it, mm-hmm. and say maybe why it didn't work for me. I, I'm just so much care- more careful about it because I respect so much how hard it is and how one review could really damage a book like that, even from someone small. And so I do think, you know, taking your tone into consideration um, when you're thinking about who and what you're writing it about um, can make a big difference. And it's something I always, you know, try to keep in mind. Um, I read, my process is that if it like, I'll get 50 pages in just like David, if it's not, if it's not working for me, I'm going to put it down. I have a whole stack of books that I've put down that I, now my TBR. From I need to work on that. I finish every book I read, which is another reason I'll do negative reviews because I, I finish them. So I'm going to talk I can't, about can't. it. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, if it's, it, I, I write a review if it's three stars or better. Cause I, I, you know, cause I can constructively talk about it. Hey, this book wasn't for me, but I know that this book will sing for, you know, the people. And I'll say the reasons why and go from there. Cause you know, not every book is for every reader. I just, it's still a good book. Just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll only say this like, in a, cause you all covered so many good points. There are people on Goodreads and maybe on YouTube as well. I don't know about them, but on Goodreads I've seen there are certain reviewers who love to trash books and that's their stick. Like they yeah. will just create these really cool? nasty, but you know, fun to read reviews. They're just trashing stuff and good for them. They will get a lot of, you know, people who follow them for that. But there's an art to writing a negative review, you know, like the book Barn said, like where it kind of highlights certain things. Why, you know, from a, your subjective perspective, it didn't work for you. Maybe it might not work for some other readers as well. And, you know, you can try to write that. Uh, it's not something that we... And it's something that our, you know, owner at Fantasy Book Critic, he has kind of this ethos of like, you know, that we usually do not publish negative reviews. If you do not write the book, stop it, post it on Goodreads or under your own name or don't review it. That's absolutely okay. You ideally want yeah. to uh, post reviews which are constructive and positive usually. Uh, it's very rare for us to publish them. And so even I've only done one negative review and even then the author didn't kind of got pissed off at me because of, of, I posted in a certain way in Goodreads. And so I was like, okay, that teaches me. So I usually try to, again, similar to you, Beth, it has to be at least three stars for me for me, mm-hmm. you know, for me to go forward with it. And I'm I've learned to be nowadays a book dropper. I if I'm not enjoying it, I'm gonna set it aside. Previously I was like Hillary that I would try to finish it. That's why I finished Ayn Rand's book, so I could tell people that I hate Ayn Rand and this is why I had read one of her books. <laughs> but then nowadays I'm like I'll read... What? There's trains and steel in Atlas Shrug. Oh, it's not good. Oh. There's a lot of trains oh. and steel. <laughs> I love trains. I didn't read, <laughs> read Atlas. I read the other one, though, which was the one about the fountainhead. I, I, I read the fountainhead. Yeah, I mean, but I, I may be one. pickier about what I pick up than other people. Like, I, I am much pickier about what I pick up because I know I'm going to finish it no matter what. Um, and so I definitely try, try less. Like, if I think I, there's a chance I won't like it, I try not to, to mess with it. Plus, SPFQ taught me, if you don't like it in the first page, you can move on to the next one. That has kind mm-hmm. of been reinforced over the last eight years, over and over and over again. So now I've definitely become better like that. Yeah. Yeah, and see, and I don't post opinions, like, on a lot of different spaces. Like, I, I 
I gave up on Amazon after they bond my account. Like I was in the top like 2K of reviewers oh. on Amazon and they completely bombed my entire review account. Uh, and so I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be doing anything on Amazon anymore. Uh, and then I uh, decided just to stop doing it on Goodreads as well because it just kind of got to a point where I was just seeing people just trashing everything. And I was like, eh, there's no real point in being on here anymore. So really it's just the site and Twitter uh, mm-hmm. which Twitter again is just a blurb. Um, and so I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to be posting it everywhere. So if, again, if I just don't like it, I'll just move on. Um, Cause I don't know. I just don't see a point in just going, I don't like this book. Cause if, if somebody has my same reading taste, I mean, there might be parts about it again that they like, but I'm not going to go into like a full diatribe of this is what didn't work for me. It's going to work for you. Cause again, I just don't have the time for it. But again, a lot of the books that I read and finish are ones that I enjoyed enough to say a few words about and move on. Um, but again, that's just come after doing this reviewing thing for a decade. So I think I just got to the point where I'm just like worn out. <laughs> from it. I was like, there's so much stuff I have to read and just not enough time in the day. So you read I, I just an insane amount of books. I try. <laughs> I was going to say something in the comments or is that I don't think we're cutting self pup slack. I don't think any of us would say that. Like I, yeah. I review yeah. very honestly, it's just, there's a tone shift that I make sure that I have. And I think that's the difference. I I've given self publics two stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it during SPFBO, but I also mm-hmm. recognize that the person who chose it for me to read gave it five stars. And that's a very easy thing to put in a review and say, Hey, but if you think you might like it, go check out, this person's review that that's what I'm talking about more than I'm not lying to my consumer more just it's a tonal shift I think when you're doing a negative review as Alan was saying it's the difference between just like trashing something and uh being polite about it I think goes a long way yeah I agree and even even like a three-star review is still it's still good mm-hmm. well three like, stars is average yeah. yeah I mean it's not it's not bad you no. know you're not you're not trashing and stuff. It just wasn't the perfect book for you as a reader, but it's well, still- and, and us three as SPFBO reviews, we're going to read stuff. We don't like, it's just, it, it's going to happen because mm-hmm. we're not choosing the books. We are given 10 books to read and we're going to have to talk about things we don't like, but I think everyone for the most part is pretty nice and, and just kind about it. And that's, you know, I don't, very few people are going to have to read an SPFBO review. I think that's going to like go home and make them cry. Well, hopefully, like, you know what I mean? Like I have to give bad reviews, but I hope if they read, if they, the author listened, I think if the author listened to this, how would they feel? And I I just think that way because it's more mm-hmm. likely that they're going to see that review. And so I think they, that's the difference. They're plotting your demise. They've printed out a picture. <laughs> and I'm sure there's some people in this SPFBO that don't like me very much. And I'm sorry, because I love all of you guys. You're the nicest. Because you take your hacksaw too. But that's, that's SPFBO. I mean, like, is, you know, yeah. it's. That's the nature of the competition, Mark. Mark Lawrence talks about this. There's a 3% success rate, and ultimately, out of the 1 out of 10, it's only 1 out of 10, so it's absolutely okay. But again, like everybody says, like even Bookborn, and I believe it was Urza who's talking about this, like we don't treat the self-published books with kid gloves, but we do treat them with slightly different respect because it's a self-published author who has put their you know time, effort, everything in getting the published. So we don't really, we won't call it like a bad book, a good book, but we will not... You know, we won't just go to outright call it out of saying that this is absolutely horrific. No, nobody's going to do that. At least I hope nobody's going to do that. So, so there's mm-hmm. that part as well. Tiago, I was so nervous 
Like, I'm so glad she finally came out with it because I was so nervous. I was going to see like a, like a two on that little spreadsheet. Um, and I was going to be like, <laughs> how do I choose between my friendship between Hillary and Chiago? Because it's been threatened <laughs> right here. Like, like, will one of them get custody on the weekend or, or what? I, didn't know. But, no, I really liked Chiago's book. Fortunately, it's saved. Thank goodness. That was a good review before. Gonna read the Doesn't sequel, so that's all you need to know. People so know good. me. I never, that's pretty good. I never read sequels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'll drop a series at any time. That's the thing because I don't DNF books. I DNF series all the time. Like the sequel's good. You've already read it, Alan. Look at you getting an art <laughs> copy. <laughs> I w- like I thought that I was Chiago's go-to guy, and so like I was like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to like you know help out and read the art. No, he's like, oh yeah. So four other people have already read this. Here is your fifth, a fifth one. I don't care about your opinion anymore because I already got it from four other people who are more important than you, and I like them better than you, Alan. That's what he said. Yeah, oh, there's some, there's some venom there. Tiago <laughs> and I have a tumultuous relationship, but I love Tiago. So what is talking about books here? What's the last great book that you guys read? Like the most recent one? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyranny of Faith by Richard Swan. Yep. Um, I love Richard. Like Justice of Kings is one of those books that, because I love framed narrative. I love books that deal with the law and justice. And I like, I just really liked it. It's like, you know, fantasy law and order, which one of my friends says why he doesn't like it. I'm like, what do you mean you don't like it? Fantasy law and order. Are you kidding? Fantasy Jack McCoy? Yes. So <laughs> it was so good. And I was excited about the sequel and I read it and it was also really, really good. Very different, like very different. It's not the same as the first book. So it was, it's like, it's like different. And I mean, just in the in the type of story it's telling the second one um but it was it was excellent i haven't finished it but i'm gonna say this one the Levin cycle by kian ardalan it is it is amazing the cover is good really good but the book is even better it it's a chonker as well i had that's why i haven't finished it sorry kian uh (laughs) I, i read it in parts but it is it is going to be on so many people's best off list i feel by the end of this year cool. uh but if anybody wants to know about last year last year was this book sons of darkness if if you ah, haven't read yes. this one please 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 give it a chance this is indian grimdark fantasy focusing on the epic of mahabharat which is an, what, the world's largest epic and the second oldest epic and it is dora mahanti can do no wrong for me he was my he was my pick for um gdm's uh yes. big author coming out yeah uh, anitha is reminding me the most the most recent book i loved is not that it's imperium which is the first book in the cicero trilogy by robert harris which is also a framed narrative but it's historical fiction so it's law and order in ancient rome instead of fantasy law and order they're basically <laughs> the same and i love both of them so much they're so good um anyway <laughs> what about you david I mean, Alan and, and me here kind of took both of them. I mean, Tyr- Tyranny oh, is the yeah. one that I finished, and Eleven Cycle is the one that I'm uh, I'm blurbing next week. But yeah, it's if you if anybody reads Berserk like manga or uh, or, or really enjoys Dark Souls, Eleven Cycle is definitely like gonna be 
your cup of tea. Um, and, yeah, and Tierney of Faith was just phenomenal. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of Richards. I, I had a chance to interview him right before Justice came out, and uh, he's just a great human being. He's also really, really funny, which is he's a great follow on Twitter. So He is, he is a master of the gift game. So he will respond to anything in gifts, and he's a master of it. Two, he and I share a love of military logistics. So we love talking about how to supply an army, like how because that's this stuff is rarely written about in fantasy. So we both love that. And three, he is a horrible person because he shoots Erdnot Rex in the first Mass Effect game and has no remorse about it. So those are my three fun facts about Richard. <laughs> you must love KJ Parker then. Yes! Ah. Here, you have read KJ Parker? Yes, the folding no mask. One reads KJ That's all Alan talks about is KJ Parker. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're now best friends. Oh my gosh. Did we just become best friends? I think we just became best friends. I've read his five standalones, and last year I read every novella, every novella he has. I'm starting his series this year. He is he is one author who should be as famous as Malasan. But unfortunately, he's not. Thank you. That like, oh my gosh, my my number two book of last year was The Company. So that good. Is, it is. And The Folding Knife is one of still one of my favorites. He writes anyway. He just, yes, I love fantasy logistics. Mahir, we have to talk more. Oh my we gosh. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I found my soulmate. Um, I just finished uh, Shauna McGuire's new Wayward Children book, mm-hmm. and it's. It's just everything she touches is good. Like I, I've never read anything by her that wasn't absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah I am um, gonna cheat. Need her give me the permission to cheat. I'm not done with this book yet. I'm currently reading it, but I'm three fourths of the way through, maybe more, four fifths. Um, but speaking of Malazan, I'm reading Gardens of the Moon and um, really, really, really liking it. Uh, enjoying it quite a bit. Um. And before that, I will say my favorite SPFBO read so far, since I've been reading them all in a row, that's all I've been reading, um, was <laughs> A Song for the Void. So I highly recommend that one. Yes. Um, yes. Really love A Song for the Void. Um, it's not, if you had told me I was going to like, if you just gave me that on paper, I would have been like, mm, this book is not for me. So, uh, you know, if you, if you, it's, it's horror, it's naval, it's historical. Those are like three things I'd say bottom my list of fantasy things I like. Hey, but um, book. It mm-hmm. is very good. Um, just really early nineteenth century, set in the South China Seas. It's the first horror fantasy fan of, in finalist to be in the in the last eight years of SPFBO. It is truly an amazing book. Yeah, it's just um, really well written. So I always like to um, and you know Chiago's in here, and I really liked his book too. I'm reading the sequel, so you can you can go uh, that one. I read a little bit ago though, so not as recent. <laughs> I know no one likes naval fantasy, Chiago. <laughs> Oh no, Tiago! Don't so say great, that. Alan. Go read a song no, for the void. It's naval fantasy. I hate naval fantasy. I'm and I going like it. to. It's, it's a <laughs> meme here. Like it, it is a meme. People will get on and they will review things and they'll be like, "Look, they'll review." So they're reviewing Live Ship by by Hob or Red Seas Under Red Skies, and they'll say this. Every one of them. Direct quote. So 
I normally don't like naval fantasy, but and I'm like, what nautical fantasy are you reading? As if it's such a huge subgenre that like every third book is a nautical fantasy. I'm like, which ones have you read that you didn't like? I here's I the thing, Alex. We haven't because Rogue is saying it's me, but it's not. I've never read a naval fantasy. I just assumed I wouldn't. See, I think that's what happens. People hear boats and naval, Why? and they're just like, that sounds boring. Why does that sound boring? That sounds awesome. No. Paul Kearney has written some of the best naval fantasy books. I'm reading, I just finished, I just finished Hawkwood's Voyage, Mahir. Oh, dear God. Alan, you and I really need to talk more. What is going on, Mahir? Okay, so I'm, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not up on naval fantasy at all. Don't worry, I, everyone hates it. So with like the um, aeronauts, aeronautical windless. Yeah, yeah, they 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 yeah, that was really great. So I, I read that one. <laughs> yes, that was fantastic. I, I think it's coming out with a sequel finally this year. It is. Yes. I think more that people should talk about. Dresden Files is, is amazing, but his other books are just as good. His fantasy series is amazing. Oh, Codex Alera. He's yeah, also, Codex, that is really, Codex that is really Alera. Fun as well. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I think one of the winners of SBFPO has Rob J. Hayes' book, uh, Where Loyalty is Like. That was a nautical fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I think the, the weird thing is that is like every chapter is based on the ship's name in, the, in that book. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to read more nautical fantasy. <laughs> Look, I love stuff that takes place on ships. I'm a huge fan of like ancient Greek history. And that's all about freaking naval battles, <laughs> random crap with triremes. Oh, and uh, just a plug in for the TBR con. I think there's a reading which is going to up, which is upcoming from Dirk Ashton, uh, Kraken Rider Sea, also a nautical fantasy. So for people who what? don't like it, yes, it's a dragon Kraken Rider Z. It's like about a Kraken Rider in a Dragon Rider school set on the wall, which is mostly nautical. A Kraken Rider? Can you? Is a Kraken a rideable animal? Obviously, like, find out. That's <laughs> really there's a book about it. Yeah. Obviously, John <laughs> Marco is coming out with a freaking book. It's yep. got ships on the cover, so that's gotta court. be good. I'm so excited for that one too. The, okay, the this kind of leads into the next question. Do you guys have <laughs> authors that you champion, like mm-hmm. authors that you tell? Yeah, I know, I, Alan, I know. <laughs> I think we know Alan's at this point. It's KJ Parker. No one like he has. The, no one will read him, and I understand. Like you'll read it, and it's like, man, this book is so boring because nothing's happening in it. But it is—he is so good at showing the it's showing the banal, like evil of man. Like his characters aren't like supervillains; they're just really bad humans, and they're very like like full of like tragedy. And you know, at the end, I'm just like, man, how horrible. But his writing style is so like witty and the way like his command of the English language, it reminds me of like Pratchett if Pratchett was like, like meaner. Yeah. yeah, more cynical. Meaner, meaner like, like a more cynical Pratchett with the writing style because it's he's saying these, you know, terrible things, but it's just like it's so just fun. I like the way he says it. And he writes. We see this a lot, fantasy readers. You are told how brilliant a character is. And then we watch them, and I'm like, I mean, 
Okay. Like I can do that. Does that mean like I'm brilliant? <laughs> KJ Parker. I have never, I have never read someone write a more intelligent character more believably than KJ Parker. Like the first one I read was the folding knife and it's a guy who runs mm -hmm. the country and, and the bank. And I think about this character almost every day because it is the most intelligent character I've ever read. And it's just such a skill. Now, there are things that he does over and over and people's complaints about him. I do understand. He is not for everybody. I do get that. But what he does well, I don't know anybody that does it better. So that's my pitch for KJ Parker. It, he's written so many books and at least he's getting a little bit of traction with his the Orbit series, um, 16 Ways to Defend a Wall City. Like that is his most like popular yeah. series um but i have not read it i've only read the standalones and the novellas and the novella collections so i just happen to have his books on my shelf i'm reading the engineer trilogy this yeah, year i just i just happen to have them i i didn't buy them i don't that know one's really dark. <laughs> that was really dark beth it's really dark it's oh, I like is it really dark here you didn't yeah, like it's it, my thing man, man. Those Bring ones no i like the swordsman uh, trilogy much better than these ones okay i have those too but yeah I just love Parker, and no one else. No, no one else is even. No one. No one likes him. No one. If likes you like him. Breaking Bad, it's like Breaking Bad in fantasy form. That's KJ Parker for you. Oh, it's okay. it's very is, low fantasy. Very this low. Sounds fantasy. really good. There's almost no really fantasy good. at all, and he will not. He will not draw a map. So he yes. uses the exact same places in every oh, every story, every novel. But you just you'll hear like, oh, the Vasani Republic. You don't know where that is or what it's close to. Like he ain't gonna draw you a map. He's just not. So, but it, there's there's almost no, there's a little bit of magic, but very, very little. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I get really excited talking about Katie Parker. Clearly. <laughs> David, David, what about you? Do you have to uh, Michael, Michael Fletcher. Uh, he's, oh yeah. These two yeah. got me into to fantasy, grimdark, all that stuff. Uh, his Beyond Redemption novel is just like, it's it's the perfect book for me. I I tell everybody who's like, I need a recommendation. That is the book to read. I mean, there are no redeeming qualities in it. You're gonna hate every single character in it, but there's just something about it that's just so freaking phenomenal. And it's it's a reread every year. Uh, he's working on the third book in that series. He originally published Beyond Redemption with Harper, uh, and then self pub the second book called The Mirror's Truth. Um, but my gosh, that book is so good. And he just, just, he just doesn't get the credit that he deserves, but his series are always just, just so freaking crazy, but so good. Um, but yeah, that, that's, cool that's magic my system. author. Yeah. The magic system and beyond redemption is really, really cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Here, what about you? I feel like I've talked a lot. I, I'm going to like book barn go before. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'd say Ken Liu. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone I've championed a lot recently. Um, just I just feel like, oh, yeah, you got them all. Um, I got them all. I mean, I guess ever he's not underrated as everyone else is saying. I mean, like he did win a Hugo for his short story or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like people just like don't know who he is in general fantasy. And as someone who's traditionally published, I just don't understand like he's why amazing. his Dandelion Dynasty hasn't just taken off more. Um, I just, he's a super smart guy, just one of the most interesting people to talk to. And um, I just love the Dandelion Dynasty. His short collection of stories is devastating. If you just like reading books that devastate you, his short story collection is uh, devastating. And so I just wish more, I think it's, he's starting to get picked up now that the Dandelion Dynasty is done. I feel like he's talked mm -hmm. about a lot more, but um, yeah, I just have been a huge champion of him. 
uh, recently. I've, I've read his short story collection, and you're right. It's just. Is it the paper menagerie? Paper, paper yeah, tiger yes. or something. Yeah. yeah. Just rip your heart out. Really good. It's, I mean, literally rip your heart out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, I mean, there's a lot of people I would say um, that I champion, but that's kind of the one that comes to mind. Real okay. quick shout out for Daniel Abraham and the Long Price Quartet. I love Daniel Abraham also. And Long Price Quartet's one of the best series I've ever read in my entire life. Sorry. <laughs> like Daniel Abraham only gets discussed in context with freaking The Expanse. And his fantasy is so freaking good. So Dagger and the Coin. Dagger and the Coin. Shout I love Dagger and Coin. Getter is one of the most complex, <laughs> well-written characters ever. I think I think Mahir's now on Alan's channel. I don't know if you guys realize that. I think um, you guys now you have y'all, y'all are on the team. So. You guys are I just joined Mahir's team. Like, boom, <laughs> shutting the channel down. Mahir, who are you champion? I want to know. Uh, you made me go first. I have, uh, well, I have lots of favorites, but I'm just gonna pick five, five quick uh, people: um, Craig Schaefer, uh, Rachel Aaron, uh, Rob J Hayes. Richard Nail and Dirk Ashton. These are my like, you know, recent five favorites whom I've like picked on and they continue to amaze me. Rob J. Hayes, just because for his versatility, the way he writes in so many different genres. Um, shout out to his book for he's starting a new epic fantasy with angels in it for called Herald next year. It's releasing next year. I really think all of you should check it out. It's going to blow your minds. Richard Nell, just because what he did with Ash and San, you know, with his, you know, the the, the barbarian meets Hannibal Lecter character called Ruka in it. And the Ashen, the way the Ashen anthology progressed, it is truly, truly brilliant. Like if if you if you guys if anybody loves Grimdark Fantasy and if you haven't read Richard Nell, you have to read it. Um, Dirk Ashton, I know Beth and I share this passion for him. He has he's the only other whom I know has kind of combined the world's mythology into one coherent timeline, and he has done it. And this Petronas trilogy is just brilliant, and it's amazing. And I cannot never speak enough, you know, good things about it. Uh, Rachel Aaron, just because she's so much fun, she writes. She writes brilliant, char- you know, women characters, but also male characters. But she, her, her, you know, her, the fun she generates in her books, no matter where she sets in, it's so invigorating for me. And Craig Schiffer, because he, or I mean, she, uh, she writes. How do I put this? Way? She writes dark, darker stories, but with just enough of a hint of passion behind it that it you know doesn't really make it seem too gloomy and she combines horror and different different genres and she has daniel faust you know and she's she has this big stephen king-esque universe going on but it's so much more complicated than that so these are my five authors you know i just love to champion them all day long um you know i i love dresden files jim butcher yeah but he doesn't need any champion he's kind of <laughs> he's he's got his his people um actually the, the the two people that i talk about ad nauseum actually are um my man i'm at dirk ashton i can't i feel like i run his fan club <laughs> i love his books I, I love this series um it's just such a cool concept and it's executed so well and it was exciting to read. You know, I haven't read a book that was actually exciting to read in a long time. And it, he ended it so he ended it well too. It was just it was mm-hmm. just great. And the other the other series that I champion a lot is um uh Nothic Gloss. You guys ever read Essa Hansen's oh. books? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is this is probably one of the best um, science fiction series I've ever read. I've read a lot of science fiction, and I think it's just that her take on world building and stuff. It's just anything goes. You know, creatures made of of sound and 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 light, and it's beautifully done. And she released Nothic Gloss in the middle of the pandemic, and so it didn't get the fanfare that it should have. You know, she couldn't couldn't go to bookstores, couldn't um, do all of that, and it was, it was a real bummer because I loved, it. I really loved it. And then she has second book in the series. Jura Ghost, and then she's releasing the third book this year. I actually, um, she has a great short story uh, that I put in uh, Women Dark Magazine for this for this uh, issue. It just fit perfectly. So, we, we did her um, short story. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I have lots and lots, and everybody on my team, every writer on my team, I try to boost as much as possible. They're all awesome. They're all great writers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you manage your TBR? It's my last question because I don't. <laughs> my TBR, I've given up. My TBR in Goodreads is like 3,000 books. I don't. I, think I really so. like to take. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, be what you go first because he's Lord TBR. So, you know. <laughs> Google Sheets. That's how I do it. Uh, I just color code and go, okay, what do I need to get to now? What can I get to by middle to end of the year? And what can actually wait, you know, some time like series that are already finished and people really aren't reading anymore uh, can obviously wait. But, you know, I, I do that most anticipated list at, at the end of every year. So that kind of helps me figure out when books are coming out you know when okay i'm like okay it's arcs usually like six to eight months sometimes they're a little less depending on the publisher so mm -hmm. i know i've got some kind of leeway but really it's it's near impossible because every time you want to read something you're like gosh but i'd really love to reread that series um even though i re you know reread it five times it, it's it's that time of year it's time for that reread so it just <laughs> it just really destroys it so there's no legit way to do it um but you know you just you just read what you can, read when you can. Don't feel like you've got to keep up with everybody else. I mean, you're going to have FOMO no matter what because you're going to read a series mm -hmm. that everybody else read. And then somebody's going to go, hey, did you check this out? Like, nope. crap, no, what the, nope. maybe the end of the year, maybe. Because um, it ha it happens all the time. So uh, I just – I don't think there's a, a, a real – best way to do it, but it's really just keeping a list and going, okay, check that one off next. I try to hit stuff for, for publishing. Like I try to get stuff out so that it, you know, it can coincide with drop dates for, for books, but it's, it's a lot. I'm just, you know, I've got a life and stuff outside of all the things that I do. And it's, I'm a parent and you know, husband and it's a lot to keep up with. I read really slow. Um, and, and like Bookborn reads a book in like a day, like she's done like that. Like 400 pages. I read way less than everyone in the book community. Hey, 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 Bookborn, how long did it take you to read um, The Lost Metal? How long did it take well, you to read Well, that's because it's a Sanderson book, and I've Hold got on. a deadline to match, Alan. Um, you know, I don't read every book like that. Not, I got to manage my Sanderson deadlines. 
A judge has ordered you to answer the question simply yes or no. Did you or did you not read the lost medal within 24 hours? The judge 24 hours? Did you or did you not? Thank I you, Your Honor. We'll take the <laughs> So, but, okay, well then, all right. Um, so what, oh yeah, I like to tell people I'm going to read things and have them get excited and then not read those things because I couldn't get to them. I just read so slow and buddy reads are the death of the TBR. Like buddy reads are literally the cannons outside the walls of the city, just blasting, just knocking holes in the TBR left and right. And, you know, you're plugging to fill it and you just can't because it's just like, but everybody else is reading it. I want to read that too. And so you buddy read stuff and then, you know, inevitably you change, you start reading it and then your friend's, like read the whole thing in like two days but you're a slow reader so you switch to buddy read but then you didn't end up buddy reading it and it's just sad so i pick about six books a month to make on a tbr video and i'm like i'm not gonna read all these and y'all know i'm not but i'm gonna read from this i will read at least a couple of them and then arcs arcs of the you know the freaking sappers that have tunneled under the walls and are suddenly inside it's like hey you want to read me and this I'm is like, exciting. Oh, you you yeah. want this? Yeah, exactly. So right now, why is freaking quarter one of 2023 arc season? I've got like freaking, I read two already, and now I've got three that I didn't know were going to hit now. And I'm yep. just like, well, like what? Like, what if y'all stopped all publishing books at the same time? Like, what if these did not all come out at the same time? <laughs> So I have to try to finish, and I foolishly agreed to read a long Shogun, which is an amazing book, but it's like eight hundred pages long. We're doing it over <laughs> three months, so I only have to read like four hundred pages of it this month. But it's just still like, you know, I try to wipe out Buddy Reads first because I usually have live shows to talk about those, so those are obligations that I have to get done. And then if there's time left, I'll read something that hopefully. KJ Parker, basically. I'll read a KJ Parker book that I can get to. <laughs> so surprised. I, <laughs> I have um I have a new author that I am digging. Do you guys know CJ Tudor? Yep. Drift? Yep. I read her uh, uh short story collection. And I have not read a better I think that's the best short story collection I have ever read. That's saying mm -hmm. something. It's just fantastic. So I've got this to look forward to. Her first book was Blurred by Stephen King. That's how she came onto my radar. Yeah, Chalkman. Yep. Oh. Yep. Bookborn. What about I'm your learning. TBR? Um, well, my TBR. I never release a TBR. It's a mystery. People don't <laughs> know. Don't I am not into TBR. I'm a mood reader. Um, it has been difficult. It's actually one of the things I've had to balance the most being on booktube. You know, booktube's a hobby. It's not a job, like it's a hobby. And one of the things is I don't want reading to become a chore because reading was my favorite hobby, which is why I started this. And so I had to kind of get rid of this pressure. Like, I read so much less than most booktubers, I would say. They're reading two, 300 books a year. That's not crazy. even close. Not even close. Because I, I don't like audiobooks. My brain doesn't work that way. Um, don't even really read digitally, just read um paper books. So um basically if I have a commitment, I do it quick. So SPFBO is a commitment. I can't have it whole can't I hate things over my head. So that's why I've just been like, here's SPFBO, I'm gonna read it. If a Sanderson drops, I'm gonna drop everything to read it simply because 
I mean, I love Sanderson, so it's fun for me to do that. But there are some authors that are people love on my channel. I talk about a lot. So if they have a new release, I am going to drop something to read that um, pretty quick. You know, when, you know, I got an arc of the Dandelion Dynasty book. Yeah, I'm obviously going to stop everything and just read that right then. Um, But otherwise, it's just kind of whatever I feel like, what's what I own, what sounds good. Like, I just... I want to read for fun. And so I try to preserve that as much as possible. But I will say I I do read a lot more now in the community because I want to be a part of it. So, um, you know, that's uh, it's it's hard to manage. I don't I don't know if I do. I just don't have one. I guess that's the answer. I don't have a TBR. (laughs) It's just with a wild west every time I finish a book. How come you never buddy read with me, uh, Bookborn? We're buddy reading a book in two days. Kyle. I always hear about you and Kyle buddy reading stuff. Who are you here's, reading Malazan with right now? Um, you guys want to know how to, if anyone wants to buddy read with me, here's um, how you do it. You ask. <laughs> That's it. You Very DM technical. me and go, hey, you want to read this Very book? Technical. And I'll be like, sure. So, so, so every time um, you book born, she says, I'm super busy. I don't have a room for that. That's what she said to me. Like, <laughs> every no. time. Alan, Alan was upset the other day. And I said, Alan, you've never asked me. And he was like, oh, yeah, because I assume you're busy. And I was like, no, well, there you go. That's not true, Hillary. I <laughs> you always tell me you're busy. And then Kyle comes in and's like, hey, uh, Hillary, what if we read Malazan together? And you're like, sure, I'll commit to a 10-book series. But I can't read one thing with Alan. <laughs> and we're actually reading Django Wexler's books this month. Um, I've no, never read. Really, never uh, mind. That's Sorry. That's you and me, Alan. No, 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 no. Which I'm really excited about. I actually get to interview Fonda Lee and Django Wexler for nice. an in-person oh, event. Amazing. Um, I got asked by our local bookstore to do that. So um, I hadn't oh, actually been on my um, radar forever and I haven't read him. So I actually asked Alan because I was like, I know he loves him. So I'm very excited to uh I love his it. shadow campaigns a lot. I am... Um, I, uh, Ashes of the Sun is, is fine. It's not, it's not exactly my thing. And I'm listening to it again on audio to, cause we're, cause she hasn't read it. And we're going to do the second up. book. Yeah. Yeah. I need he, to. Alan recommended Ashes of the Sun cause I'm a Star Wars person. I don't know if that means yes. anything, but they were just Star like, Wars well, then you'll like Ashes. <laughs> so sure. I don't know if you guys um, have read any of that, but. Yeah. Is the is the Django Wrestler uh, and Fondali thing like a in store interview or is it? It is an in store in the same um, where we actually met in that same store. Me here, I can message you the cool. details. Yeah, I got to meet awesome. you here. Please How exciting! Store, so. Are you in? Are you are you in the same city? She, I think they're northwest, north of us. We're in Seattle. Yeah, we're in Seattle. Oh. I, I lived up. I was living in Portland for like the last twelve years or so. so you could have come on up. I, I know. And I moved to Las Vegas. I had to move back home to Las Vegas. We briefly shared Portland for like a few months and then I she know. had to move. I had to oh. move. Yeah, I, I was, we really wanted to get together and have lunch or something, me here and I, but it was in the middle of COVID. Yep. The most yeah. embarrassing story I have it involves me here is when he, he came to, my husband did a book signing at this local bookstore and he was like, oh yeah, I, I knew you were here because I heard you from across the uh, bookstore. Like I heard your voice. And I was like, well, that's not terribly embarrassing. He's like, no, you just have a very distinct, loud voice. I did not say loud. I did not say loud. You didn't say loud, but I inferred loud. So um, it was distinct because I heard you on your YouTube channel. That's her. That has to be her. So now I can't meet anyone else ever again from the bookstore. I would have said loud before. I would have said loud. (laughs) 
<laughs> the thing is, I'm loud also. Like, I shouted into this microphone like 12 times. Yeah. So... I honestly said distinctly when I mean, meant it, not loud. No, I know, I know, I know. I just well, like to tell that story in the rudest way possible because it was a little embarrassing, but um, yeah. Plus I peeked just to make sure it was her. And that was <laughs> well, that's it for questions that I have prepared. I know we've, we've really gotten some, some great topics today. Um, does the audience have any questions or anything that they would like to know? Sorry, we ran long. Oh, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> I, blame, I blame book for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's all that I have. And I was really honored to, to do this panel with you guys. This was so much fun. It was so nice meeting you. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Beth. Like, yeah, you're going to... I'm going to start commenting on your guys' videos. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So, Beth, where uh, where can we find you? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can you can find me on beforewegoblog.com. Um, tons, just, there's tons of stuff on there. Pretty much anything that you're interested in in the fantasy or science fiction or horror horror genre um we have uh you can find me on twitter at beth tabler it's extremely exciting handle um and then you can find me on grimdark magazine and awesome. yeah yeah what about you guys alan where where can we find you uh, Library of Alan Zandria on YouTube, and then it's just Alan Zandria on um, Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram is a bunch of me posting about uh, my uh, my students, my Latin students. That's a lot of that. I I am so bad at like freaking promoting videos on Twitter and Instagram. I forget. And like every like eighth video, I'll be like, oh, that's what this is for, and I'll go do it. But uh, I'm just bad at it, and I use Twitter to follow you know, uh, authors, the best place to follow authors for sure. And I'll comment stuff. And, but YouTube is YouTube and my discord. Oh, I have a discord, but the links in the, in the YouTube description, the discord is the best place to find me. That's where I, I hang out and, you know, uh, talk about books and stuff. Um, but that's, that link is in my, the description of my videos. Okay. I'm going to join your discord. It's, it's way fun. Yeah. Try, try and use discord more. <laughs> Bookborn, what about you? Um, you can find me on YouTube at Bookborn. Uh, that's where I am. And then I'm on, also on Instagram at bookborn.reviews, where I post all of my book reviews. So hmm. those are the two places you can find me. Not anywhere else. <laughs> if you want to talk to me, you can email me on Instagram. <laughs> I have tried to make pretty book pictures, and I just lack the... Uh... I can't do it. It I just takes just... practice. If you guys, oh. I'm not saying like mine are amazing or anything, but if you go and look back at where I started, and then you look at now, you'll see that a long way has has occurred. A journey, a journey has been I, had. I don't know why I would need to grab a pine cone and put it next to a book and take a picture of it. Like why? Like why? Aesthetics, Alan. Aesthetics. Aesthetics. And I use pine cones a lot in my in my you know pictures, so I feel specifically called out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 pine cones, okay. <laughs> 
I don't know why the pine cone in it. Like, it's what? I don't understand the why there needs to be a pine cone. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not an Instagram user. Very, I'm not good at it. So. <laughs> Mahir, what about Tell you? Tell me if you like my pine cones on, on Instagram. <laughs> Mahir, no comment. Okay, sorry. Time. Mahir, you tell me where we can find you. When you go to look for book, book covers, like, do you look for pick, like books that have pine cones near them? Like, is that how you find the next read? I don't understand why there needs to be pine cones or like sprigs of parsley, like near books. I don't get it. I'm gonna go on Instagram just to see it, Bookborn. It's got a, it's got a look. I'm not attacking it's gotta... Bookborn. There's a lot of people that use pine cones. All right. Well, in like uh, a cup of tea and pine cones, and it's giving off a cozy atmosphere for the book. And but I don't understand. Well, well, then what do you do when it's like a book that isn't cozy? Like, do you put it next to like a bloody rapier and like maybe a sword? Like, yeah. I mean, actually. Sometimes yeah. I use swords. I use like when I did Touch of the Void, I did like red food coloring to make it look like blood or whatever. Yeah, sometimes if I'm really you inspired. You have bloody rapiers lying around your house? <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> you asked. Look. <laughs> look. I was really hoping she was going to put it back without looking. Like, I, I, that would have been really cool. Like, my, village, like walking my village away doesn't from have explosion. a blacksmith. So I have no way in acquiring such good metal. I have to grab the rake that I use to, <laughs> you know. To rake the pine cones off. To rake oh, the pine cones. And I then sell to the patrician aristocrats who put them next to books on Instagram. That's my living. I'm pine cone farmer. My husband's a blacksmith, too. I Alan, totally... I have a hookup for you. Author JC Kang. He also does, you know, really cool swords. What's what's his name? JC Kang. Oh, right on. oh yeah, yeah. He has so his book here too. Uh huh. He he makes really authentic, uh, awesome looking swords. Forged in Fire is one of my favorite shows. I love. I watching have those seen people every episode of Forged in yes, Fire. Yes, yes. <laughs> every episode. Might we have a we have a the whole blacksmith set up in our garage. My husband yes. has an anvil. He's yes. yes. Forge. Yeah. Don't quench that in water. No, so stupid. Water. You don't have to punch in water. <laughs> the infamous Claymore episode where. Oh, so yeah. bad. <laughs> I love, sorry, I love Force and Fire. <laughs> I'd be a terrible blacksmith. Yes, it will cut, it will kill. It yes, will kill. Uh, yes, it will As kill. blood shoots out of the. <laughs> yes, out of the, 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 the ballistics dummy. <laughs> I'll see. So yeah, Matt, it will, it will cut. <laughs> it will kill. <laughs> Sorry, okay, sorry. Maybe I literally just usurped like everything you were gonna say. I just I, I cut I you off. Sorry. Whose turn it was? Was it David or me? It's yours. It's, it's your turn. Oh, it's me. It's okay. your turn. Uh, uh, well, you can find us on Fantasy Book Critic, uh, you know, on the uh, dot block, on the blog spot. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at at Fantasy Book Critic. Um, I think Shazzy is also running Fantasy Book Critic on Instagram. I, you can search for it at Fantasy Book Crit. And I, we are also on YouTube. It's a fledgling channel, so don't expect great stuff. But we do author interviews on, you know, on YouTube. So, and we have a bunch of, well, not a bunch. We have some interviews, you know, uh, but it's fun. You can check us out. Awesome. I'm subbing now. Thank you. <laughs> I will do the reverse as soon as I figure out how to do so. <laughs> I'm really bad at YouTube. <laughs> David, what about you? 
Yeah, so fanfiatic.com, uh, clearly the fanfiatic YouTube channel that we're currently chatting on. Um, Adrian also runs the SFF Addicts podcast, uh, which mm-hmm. also does videos that post here on the fanfiatic channel. Uh, and then on YouTube, I'm at Lord TBR underscore FFA, if you would like to give me a follow, which I think most of you already do. So, um, but that's really, it. I mean, I'm on Instagram, just very little at FanFi. I, I just kind of like rebooted my Instagram account, but I don't really post a whole lot there yet. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you everybody in the audience for, for coming on this little, little fun journey. journey with us. <laughs> this pine cold filled journey. <laughs> that's good money. You find any, let me know. I gotta sell it. I hope it was informative. That's actually that's actually how we became friends. She came to my my uh my little pine cone stand and bought you know and gave her a deal. But yeah, but yeah, thank, thanks for everybody tuning in. Thanks to all of you guys for being here. Um, I thought this was an awesome chat, and uh, I'm always open if anybody has any other questions about blogging and stuff. Yeah, I mean, same. I mean, I, I, I figured you guys all are as well. Uh, I mean, that, that's another thing I really love about this community is just the openness. So, um, but Beth, thank you so much for yeah. moderating. I, yeah. Sorry, moder. Right. I never, I never know where my camera is facing. I don't look too enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was great. Thanks for having me on.